Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Talk of the Town. I'm your host, Tony Zimmerman. Uh, I've been on a bit of a hiatus. Um, I've had some recent additions to my family, so I have not had very much time to uh, sit down and, and talk with people like I have like I enjoy doing. Um, but today, I was lucky enough to talk to Dr. Vincent Williams, the head of the Fremont chapter of the NAACP, and she was able to tell me about an event she has coming up this Saturday, Juneteenth. The event will be going from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And in the event of rain, uh, she wanted me to mention that the backup location will be St. Paul's Episcopal Church on Park Avenue. And that's only in case if it rains. Um, Otherwise, it will be at Burchard Park. So before we jump into the conversation, I want to give you a quick heads up on the audio. It sounds a little bit different, and that's because this is my first phone call interview that I've done. So the microphone on my phone is not quite as good as the microphone that I speak into on a normal basis. So the audio is a little bit different, but the conversation is still a great one and uh, I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Vincent Williams. So this Saturday, June 15th, over in Burchard Park, we're having what is known mostly in the African-American community as Juneteenth. And Juneteenth is a celebration that commemorates a time in 1865 when the slaves in Galveston, Texas, were two and a half years late in realizing or being informed that slavery had ended because Mm -hmm. slavery ended with the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation by President Abraham Lincoln in 1863. Yeah. In January 1st, 1863. So it took two and a half years for the news to travel that far out west. <laughs> wow. Juneteenth, I don't remember hearing about that when I was uh, in high school or, or anything. And I didn't hear about it in, in school or within my community. I believe in 1980 it became a state holiday in Texas. And huh. it might have been at that time that many of us, that there was any awareness whatsoever mm-hmm. that it would have it started as a state holiday in Texas. And, and I believe as late as 1980. And and otherwise, you would not have heard about it because we don't teach African-American history in school as we teach U.S. history or American history. Or in college, we teach Western civilization. Right. That was one of the my least favorite courses <laughs> in college and and so it just isn't taught it's 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 america it is american history we could not have american history without including african american history or the history of slavery in this country we can't have history without teaching what transpired from 1619 mm-hmm. and what can, currently happens today in history because African-Americans are still making history, right? and it just isn't included in our curriculum, our textbooks, and we make excuses for not including it in the textbooks. In the past, they've said that, well, we just published these textbooks, and we don't want to make changes in it. It's too expensive to make changes. Well, Mm -hmm. we're going to computers now and laptops, and everything is over the internet, and students, I don't even see students in the future carrying a backpack full of books. So right, we yeah. can easily incorporate this one way or the other, and it doesn't have to be history that's emphasized in February, Black History Month. It needs to be history that's taught every 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 day. Mm-hmm. So is the event this Saturday to help raise awareness? It's to raise awareness, and, and that's what's been successful here in Fremont. It's a lot of people had been unaware and had never heard of Juneteenth. So it is to bring awareness of the holiday. It's really not a holiday here, or I don't even think it's a holiday. There are 37 
southern states that recognize it as a state holiday, and I don't know that Ohio is one of those. Okay. But it's to bring awareness of that celebration. I would say most southern cities do. I want to say to Cleveland is having its celebration, and Detroit probably has a, a big celebration. Mm-hmm. So it's to bring awareness about it. But with our program, I'm emphasizing just as much learning the history. So there's a game that we're playing that there's a little essay or a little story that's already published over the internet that's called A Day Without Blacks. And we will have that as a handout and persons who want to participate in this little activity can learn about the many contributions that African-Americans have made over time here, like the the traffic light and the long-lasting shoe machine, the blood bank, the first blood bank came about with a black man. So there are a lot of things that we take for granted every day, the ironing board. Some things we don't even think about. Well, I wonder who invented this and why did they invent this? Mm-hmm. And when we do the research, we find out that probably came out of a need, but in many cases, a lot of these day-to-day necessities that we have are coming from, from black men and women over time. Yeah. Um, so you said this is going to be at Bertrand Park this Saturday? It will be at Bertrand Park from 10 until 4. 10 it's to open 4. to the public. It's totally free. We'll have items that are for sale. We'll have food vendors that will be providing food. But we'll also have an, what we call an authentic Southern Juneteenth cuisine, which consists of some <laughs> of the, the foods and items that, that slaves may have eaten when they didn't have steaks and potatoes and right. uh, whatever it is that we that we can go into any restaurant today ordering up salmon or steaks or tuna mm-hmm. when they had to eat what was left over from maybe having prepared meals for their masters and their mistresses mm-hmm. um, that's how i think chitlins got into our into our, our diets and oh. um, so we'll have we'll have some things that will resemble or were carried over from that tradition from from back when but it's very very tasty collard greens sweet potatoes uh, red velvet cake which was not a part of that but it's symbolic <laughs> the red velvet cake is symbolic of the blood much of the blood that was lost even in africans being transported to mm-hmm. america and uh, we'll, we'll have fun that day we'll have music we hope to ha- I'm, I'm a poet so we hope to have oh. spoken word poetry coming from myself and coming from others. We will have a skit on Juneteenth that's been performed in Fremont before by Mrs. Erling Woodson. And we will have, we may have a couple of our students who spoke at the oratorical contest back in April. Oh, I've never so heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Full agenda for any, pretty much anyone that comes up. If somebody wants to do open mic, they can do that. I mean, we'll talk to them about what is the topic or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's a very open and it is very, very educational. Now, we also have what I call a mini health fair. We've invited ProMedica Hospital to come in, so they'll be doing some screenings. They want to get a better assessment of the health status of people in the community, people who may have otherwise not participated in the, the health assessment study that they try to collect so that they know how to provide different services. So we'll have a health assessment going. We'll have depression screening. We'll have the mental health recovery oh. board there. We've got Work It team from one of the physical fitness trainers that will uh, gather up people and take a run through the park and just give people lessons on how to stay fit. Oh, it's great. very, very comprehensive. And, of course, now I don't have the name of the young man who's providing the trolley rides, but we've got a lot of services that are donated. So we'll have free trolley rides going around the park as well. Wow. 
I also want to mention sickle cell, which is a project that is close to my heart. Sickle cell is a disease that affects people of African descent and Mediterranean descent. And it's a blood disorder that is passed from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. and there is no cure for it. There has been bone marrow transplants and blood transfusion that makes it better. And a blood marrow transplant can pretty much take care of sickle cell, but there's no no medicine or anything that you can just, just cure sickle cell just like that. So right. When we advertised this, I think it was advertised over Fremont City News or one of one of the social media outlets. We had mention of sickle sickle cell association coming and being a part, mm -hmm. and I've got this invitation for Fremonters to participate in a study, uh, the genomics of exertional related events. They call it ERES associated with sickle cell trait. I don't know if you've ever heard of. Some athletes, professional, not professional football players that I'm aware of, but many of the college or high school students that have fallen out on the field when they were playing, but they found out after an examination, sometimes they died. After, after an wow. examination or an autopsy, they found that those individuals had sickle cell trait. So now we're trying to find out how much does is a person affected physically just from having the trait. In the past, it's always been known that the trait I have the trait. I've never had a problem in my life with mm -hmm. being a carrier, a sickle cell trait carrier. But those sickle cell patients, they have to go into the hospital quite frequently because the bone, the, the blood sickles within the vessels and it okay. causes a lot of pain generally in the joints. Oh. And as I said, it's, it's a term, it's, it can be terminal. It's not, there's no cure for it. It just depends on, on the, the extent of the disorder uh, with those individuals. My granddaughter has it, and she's been hospitalized numerous times. Wow. And she's had friends as youngsters and teenagers that have passed mm -hmm. and did not make it to adulthood. Mm -hmm. Things are better with it now. People are more aware of how to take care of themselves. So mm -hmm. we'll also have information. And the, sickles, the Northwest Sickle Cell Association is wanting to establish a support group because I don't know if anyone in Fremont myself personally that has sickle cell okay i know there are people who have it and what we want to do is be able to identify those people have them self-identify and establish a support group for them because okay. there are certain measures that need to be taken the school system has to be aware to give these uh, patients the kinds of breaks that they need they sometimes need more water intake and okay. rest yeah. Well, that kind of answers my my question. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask if it was if sickle cell was a an, a big issue in Fremont, but apparently we don't we don't know yet. We don't know, but I, it's my understanding from the young lady who is in Toledo. She does. She did say that there are some, and I do know there was at least one young student, maybe in the fourth grade, that passed, and and that's that was told wow. to me by the health department that had sickle cell. So. So there is a there is a need, it, and, and in some places, in some cities, I lived in Antigua for a while and worked with them. In some places, there's a stigma that's associated with it because sometimes people think that this is a disorder that is contagious, or that a person can't live a full life, or a person can't work, or a person can't do this or that. Mm -hmm. And so many times, even a person with sickle cell just doesn't want to be looked at as having a disability of any kind. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so understandable. You might not hear about it because there's some sometimes a stigma that is attached with it. Mm -hmm. 
And we're going to be providing some local history. Uh, people who in, in Fremont were first, like uh, Bishop Dwayne Simmons, who passed this past year, and was, in my understanding, was one of the, was the first African-American police officer in Fremont, and he was also the first oh. black councilman president of city council, and some others, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes Cook, uh, here in Fremont, was an African-American. Oh, cool. And a friend of Mrs. Hayes is African-American, and she, turned, she was the first black person to sing at the White House. So wow. there's a lot of other hidden history that we want to connect to Fremont itself, in addition to establishing and furthering those bits and pieces we talked about earlier, those mm-hmm. kind of 100 best-kept secrets of African-American history. We also will focus on some of the local history as well. Neat. So how long uh, did it take you to to get everybody together to organize this event? We're still organizing. Oh. <laughs> and it has taken probably one month. We, the NAACP has traditionally done programs that were school-related. We did the honor roll, the academic honor roll. We did the oratorical contest, and we have provided scholarships. And we do, in the fall or around the election time, we do a political forum. So mm-hmm. there were a few events that had always taken place and we finished those educational activities but I didn't because I became president in January of this year I didn't want a conflict or stretch the team too thin in trying to manage the educational programs in January March April so in May is when I believe we had our first it was shortly after we did Martin Luther King week that we started having a, a meeting or two just to get us off the ground with this. But th- this has been a whirlwind of a planning effort, but we've got really, really good people that are on the team. We've got um, the, the city of, of Fremont that's providing a lot of services through the city park service, okay, the, mm-hmm. the, the tables and being able to use to get the park reserved for us early on and just helping in every way. I've just, just had a really good unified team to yeah. work with us to put this out yeah so a lot of synergy there <laughs> a lot of synergy that people maybe would not have expected mm-hmm. you understand it's it's people just coming together all all backgrounds all races this is not something that's just for african-americans it's not something for old people or strictly for kids mm-hmm. there's something here for everyone well, that sounds great so you, you said you became the president of the Fremont chapter of the NAACP in January? In January, yes. Okay. How did the, how'd that happen? How did you come to be the president? Well, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Dallas Leak was the president for the past 16 years. And when I moved to Fremont, I want to say I moved here in 2015, in the fall of 2015, mm-hmm. and became a member of the local branch. I was interested in what was taking place, and he had mentioned that he had hoped to maybe be able to relinquish the responsibility. It is a major responsibility. Mm -hmm. And when he did, I told him, well, if you are, then I would be interested in helping to lead the organization. When he officially resigned in December of 2018, then I automatically moved in. There really wasn't an election it 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 was just me moving up, progressing up, and that was okay. that was in line with how the nationals policies are set and the state policies are set. So it was good that I had already expressed an interest in doing so, and I had some members that encouraged me to to go ahead and step up to the plate, despite the amount of work that we knew was <laughs> going to happen here. So it's been it's been fine. Like I said, I've got a good team of people working with me, and I I just appreciate 
Fremont and and yeah. the many people that I've been able to work with. I'm on several different boards, and I just think the whole business of making yourself a part of a community is what really matters, and that's how you get things done. I was I was an Americorps director back in the early '90s, and and our motto was getting things done. Mm. And I'm Good just motto. a belief of that is that if you, you if you're not a part of the solution within any uh, any issue, you're part of the problem. If you're not a part of the solution, you have to continue to look for ways in which to make life better mm-hmm. and make life better for others, not just for yourself. Okay. So, what are your plans to try to help make things better in Fremont aside from this event you have coming up? Well, I did a survey when I came in in January when we had the Dr. Martin Luther King breakfast, mm-hmm. and the survey revealed that most most people who participated, maybe 40 responses, and, and, and I probably didn't collect all of the surveys that would have been completed, but I want to say it was about 40 re- responses, and, and that's really enough. I mean, most of them were consistent in saying there mm-hmm. ought to be more for the youth in Fremont, and that's what I would like to focus on in the future, next year, mm-hmm. and also just expanding this base of, of, of history and help, helping people to work together. Yeah, uh, that, that would be my objective, is that we can all work together for a common goal, and if we can get our young people educated and have more confidence, then that will in itself help to make this place better. We've got to mm-hmm. make sure that, that whatever jobs that are provided, that it is sufficient for people to have homes and ha- and provide for their families. I mean, that's right. that's a big problem is the economic disparities that we see. And until we can get people to understand that money is real, money is necessary, and being qualified and being ready are also necessary, that we will begin to make a difference for our young people. Because mm-hmm. everything is different from when I was a young person. Everything is different. Young people are very distracted and want things sometimes instantly, and <laughs> sometimes things take time. Mm-hmm. And we also need to improve the resources. I, I don't believe that enough families have computers in their homes, so I would like to see where we stand on that. Definitely the okay. health assessment that ProMedic is going to be doing just to be aware of our health, but also we need to also look at what are the resources that we will need to be competitive in this world. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the economic disparities, is there anything that you'd like to see um, the city council or the mayor or, or anyone do well, to address it? I haven't it enough just yet, but I did look at the mayor's economic development plan, and I know there are some plans in place to improve housing. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes it's just a matter of educating people on the benefits of saving up and doing what is necessary to own your own home. Right. Uh, renting is not for me, and and it's going to be very, very hard for people to get ahead as long as they are in, in positions where they have to uh, rent at rather than own. And sometimes hmm. people pay more for rent than they would for home ownership. Jeez. Crazy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, if there were times that we have to, I mean, you know, I'm not knocking where we are because there are nice apartments, there's nice homes that people are renting, and it's good for the tenant because, I mean, not the tenant, but for the landlord because the landlord is probably doing okay. Yeah. But I just think that sometimes people just don't realize. I know when I lived in Nashville and was renting, I had to move out of the apartment because if, if the rent goes up all the time, mm-hmm. and I don't own anything at the end of the year, so... 
So, and there's nothing you can do if you're already established in a residence where you're renting. If the rent goes up, it goes up. Mm -hmm. Okay, but at least you can get a tax write-off with your with the taxes you pay and the interest on your mortgages. If you own your own place, you can mm -hmm. always sell it. And yeah, it's to go up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was at Kent State, they always I think there was a teacher that talked about like the tax cut, like the giant tax cut you get when you own your own house and you get the ta the mortgage deduction. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it makes a big difference. It makes a very big difference. But like I said, I know everybody's not at that point and maybe some people really don't have an interest in it. But mm -hmm. if, like you said, if I were to pick something that I would like to see improved, it would be, even if there isn't a change in behavior, I would like to make sure that people are aware of where they are and where they can be. Kind of like financial education or just... Right, planning. right, and I've done that in, in places where I've, I've taught at Tennessee State University and some others. I was director of first-year students, and I taught public speaking. Well, if I gave the students a topic to speak on, that topic might be, and this is with freshman college students, mm -hmm. research renting versus buying, mm. okay? Research wealth, how to acquire wealth. Yeah. We have to start young with teaching young people that they have to save and they can't spend all of the monies that they make and they can't live off of credit cards. We're in a plastic world mm -hmm. these days. So I think that reducing debt, another another class just on reducing debt and that, like I said, that whole financial literacy mm -hmm. class. And it's offered here and there. I mean, I've seen some flyers on it and some ads on it, but I don't know how many of us actually take advantage of those those classes or those yeah workshops. i'm sure they always would say not enough <laughs> right right would you attribute some of the not saving up your money because maybe people are just not sure of like what they could possibly do in the future they don't see a path forward to saving up enough money to get a house that's what I believe, but I really, I would, I, I do need to do some research on it because I don't know. There may be more people than I am imagining that own their homes. Okay. So I would actually want to look at that as well before I step out too far and just make this assumption that people are renting more so than they are buying. But, mm -hmm. but I think that's the general perception is that, uh, that it's expensive. It's too expensive to own. Of course, there's that additional maintenance that you have to do. Yeah, there, there are some things that's, that's going to cost you a little extra, whereas if you were renting, your landlord would be responsible for some of the maintenance on a home. So I do think that, that that's still a possibility, that it's just a perception that it's going to be more expensive to buy as opposed to, to renting. But I think over the long term, when you know that you can put that house in your will, for your children or your grandchildren, mm -hmm. then I think that it will be seen that that it's it's definitely more economical to own. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Def yeah, certainly. Certainly it is. Mm -hmm. I have a... Do you mind if I switch to uh, talk about the marriage race? Oh, that's fine. The little that I might know about it. Are you guys happy with... How are you happy with Mayor Sanchez? <laughs> Now, I am happy with Mayor Sanchez. I don't know if you can translate that over to an endorsement. <laughs> but I, as a personal uh, a citizen and a voter, I mean, a voter, a registered voter and person who really pushes all brothers and sisters to vote, I, I have been happy with what he has done. He's been a big help for us to pull 
dividing the tables and uh, they allowed us to put some signs up. I don't know if they did anything special for us that they wouldn't have done for somebody else. But right. being a newcomer to the city, I know it's, it cut back my workload uh, having uh, the mayor and, and, and a couple of people that he was able to reach out to quickly to get some yeses, whereas I was getting some... I won't respond. <laughs> some maybe. I'm not responding, but when the mayor picked up his phone, I, I'm seeing action, and that's that's what I'm saying. We got to be about getting it done. That's great. And I looked at the economic development report, as I said, and I've talked to him several times. I know that recently a young lady did get a promotion in maybe the zoning department. I don't have those notes in front of me, but. But I think that was a first of, of the promotion at the level, an engineering position or an engineering title. Okay. So I don't know what the past had been in Fremont as to who in the past had, had, had gotten the kinds of jobs that they probably had worked hard for, but maybe have been denied in the past. Mm-hmm. I know from my own personal experience, I've been in many positions where I was denied opportunities because of my race, not because of my education or because of my qualifications. Mm-hmm. I was denied opportunities because of my race. Mm-hmm. On on that note, um, can you give me a, some of your biography? Um, it, it sounds like you've been all over the place. <laughs> I've literally been all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got married and moved here five years ago this June, so I'm, I'm not traveling and moving all over the place as I have done over my lifetime. I went to school in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm a UT Knoxville grad. I did my undergraduate in broadcasting and a master's in communications mm-hmm. at the University of Tennessee. I did the doctoral program at Tennessee State University where I was working, and I have taught at probably six or seven universities, Tennessee State, Kennesaw State in Georgia, mm-hmm. a state university in North Dakota. And wow, North Dakota? <laughs> North Dakota. That's why I say I think I have been all over the place. So, and I've, But I've enjoyed the work that I've done. I started out, once I got my, uh, my undergraduate finished, I worked for the Department of Energy. I worked at Oak Ridge National Laboratory in publications and technical publications that was an experience in and of itself and that was one of the places in which i know i was discriminated against because there were very few african-americans who were editors who were writers who Mm -hmm. take a document and and make it right using a style guide and and so i got a lot of experience there but i also learned that life is not there when i worked there so i've just rolled with the punches as best that i can and i've had some good people that have helped me out and have given me tips on on stamina and right. stick to itness. So yeah, I think I, I have I've lived in probably six six different states. And then in two thousand eleven I took a position in Antigua and I was working for a medical school there. So I also mm-hmm. worked for Meharry Medical School in Nashville. I taught for some years at Knoxville College, a small private college in Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, it's, and then I taught at Tiffin University here in Ohio. And uh I sub in the school system here, and I've talked with Mr. Detwell on numerous occasions on what I think would be some some good things that could happen to help our students. We need yeah. more tutoring for our, our young people, and we need some other little programs within the school system to, to help students, and we've got to do something with behavior. I don't mind going on the record to say we've got to do something about discipline and behavior in the, in the schools. Mm-hmm. So... And I don't know what, like I said, if, oh, okay. if that survey that was done in January, a lot of people said, we'll offer some more programs for youth. I do think if we had more programs for youth, it would probably help with discipline and leadership skills. Mm-hmm. So, 
Okay. Are, are you going to try to focus more on what the schools can do or try to focus more on like a parenting education for, for parents at home? Well, I think we'll see how this Juneteenth actually turns out because sometimes people are okay with where they are. Hmm. And, and I'm just going to gauge it on, we've got this nice free event coming up this weekend that's offering a lot. It's offering education, it's offering fun, it's offering door prizes, right. it's offering families an opportunity just to get out and just relax to, together as a unit. And trolley rides. Right, and if the <laughs> participation is, is low, then I, I would be convinced that some, some people are, are happy with where they are. Hmm. And no matter what I might attempt to do, if people aren't ready for change, there won't be change. Right. Do you have any estimates on the number of people you're hoping to show up? I'm hoping for 200. I don't even know if that's a good realistic number, but I think I would be happy. I hope to be there with a, a counter, a clicker. <laughs> and when we, we've already copied 100 copies of this little story that focuses on the inventions of, of African-Americans. Mm -hmm. So I know if we get turned in 100 of those sheets, then I will be happy with 100. But I'm yeah. really shooting for about 200. I, I know it can be tough to you to start off events. So the, the first year might be... Might be tough to get the awareness out there. I know. I mean, I'm assuming you're talking with me right now to try and help get the awareness out. And I've seen some stuff on Facebook too. Um, right. Is there anything? Did you put anything in the paper or, or anything else? I did send a release to the news messenger. I didn't get it over to Toledo. I'd normally send it over to Toledo, also for the blade. But mm -hmm. I don't always get people to flock in from Toledo when I have advertised some some events. But mm -hmm. I still would have liked the publicity, but my hands were so, so full that I could <laughs> right. the ball on getting that particular news release out. I wanted to tailor it a little bit differently than what I had sent to the messenger. Mm -hmm. And the last time I sent something to the messenger, they put it on the front page. So I'm kind of hoping. Oh, that, wow. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that I can get the kind of coverage that, uh, that we were able to get before. And I did send a photograph or anything, but I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. That, that we will get the kind of publicity. Yeah, this interview is going to be helpful, I know, and Facebook is very good. Uh, I'm a part of the co-op with Buckland Arts, and the ladies with the co-op last night, we had a little meeting, and mm. I got up this morning, turned my Facebook page on, and it shared the flyer and shared information like crazy. So great, that's great. what it's going to take. It's just people working together. You know, don't don't keep something good a secret. Share it. <laughs> right. That's that's just good, to, good advice for everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so do you know if, um, the, the mayor or anybody in his administration or anybody from city council is going to show up? Have they uh, said yes to? The mayor is definitely on board. Um, we have a couple of members of the NAACP that are city council members. Mm -hmm. When I finish this phone call, I'll be extending a, an official, what I call VIP invitation <laughs> to all of city council and to all, any other elected officials or VIPs that I have in my list, I will be sending an invitation to them. While we've put it out there with flyers here and there, mm -hmm. I will send a special email invitation to them to come out. And if they are, if they do, if they are present, then if they would like to even just say a word of, of congratulations to the success of the program, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. so, and we'll, if, if there are people who are running for 
different positions, they're all invited to come out and we will recognize them and you know, we won't let them make a, a long political speech, but <laughs> right. we will definitely shout their names out and remind people to go and vote. We will have a voter registration table set up and we'll have an NACP membership drive table set up. So, so yeah, so everybody is welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like everybody, everyone is invited. <laughs> right. We've got the fire department coming. They're going to bring the engine, the police department, the sheriff's department is bringing the K, one of the K9 uh, hmm. officers with them. So it's, We've invited and expect participation from from quite a few. Yeah, it sounds like. I mean, you've got lots of stuff going on. I would imagine that people would show up, even if they were just right. driving by and they happened to see everything. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, what's going on there? Right. right. Well, I thank you very uh, much for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me. And I, I really wish you well on this. Um, it sounds like a great event. And I, I really hope you get a lot of people to show up. All right. Well, thanks again. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.